There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. You ever get that feeling the walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating you? You crave some wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe in a spot all your own. Well, head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, streams, you name it. Search by acreage. You can search by location. You can search by the kind of hunting and fishing you're dreaming of. Land.com. It is where the adventure begins. 46% of Americans expect to leave behind financial obligations when they pass away. So it's crucial to make sure your family is financially protected. Policy Genius helps you find the right life insurance coverage by comparing options from America's top insurers with help from licensed, award-winning agents. Secure your financial future with Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get free life insurance quotes in just a few clicks. That's policygenius.com. Oh, hey everyone. Day 7, day 7, Phil? 7. Day yes. 7, March uh, 24th. Really? Oh my god. Did you do your taxes, Phil? I did. Yeah, I was on top of that. Me too, man. I got mine done in January for the first time ever. I don't understand why or how I got so ahead of the game, but uh, I feel good about that right now. Oh, yeah. Me too. Uh, better than that. So we missed you yesterday. Uh, we I told the listeners that you were with your family, so we let we, we encouraged that at this, at this time. So we need a full report of your weekend. Okay. Well, uh, we did a lot of walking, which was good. We got a pretty big neighborhood, so I did a couple laps around there. We drove into Bozeman, kind of walked around the deserted neighborhoods and uh, kind of outside downtown Bozeman. And, you know, uh, we haven't done any like hiking yet because the snow's kind of melting and the trails are muddy and we don't really have full-blown like hiking gear for our our, uh, our kids. But um, I'm hoping to get on that soon. Yeah, no, we went to the to a popular trail, uh, as uh, you'll hear me tell our guest, Casey Butler from Hushin today, one of my favorite people out there. Um, we talked about this a little bit. I mean, we went to a popular trail. These trails aren't six feet wide, Phil, <laughs> and so there's a lot of people outside, which I really love, man. It's awesome, but, um, you know, social distancing isn't a thing. It's, it's funny enough, you go to a trail out in the middle of nowhere and your social distancing is limited because people are walking by you on a little trail. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So there's, there's, I, I am not, the irony there is not lost on me. Sure. Phil. Yeah. No, it's, it's one of those, it's just, a, it's a bizarre situation because you kind of are, you kind of look when you're outside trying to, you know, um, get that fresh air and you see other people doing the same thing, kind of make eye contact from a distance and do like a little nod and a wave. And it's kind of like, look at us, we're doing it. We're, <laughs> We're uh we're not we're not like <laughs> holing ourselves up, but then but then it's like you have to pass them on a trail or a sidewalk, and you kind of like 
you try to make room. <laughs> like, uh, it's like, hey, I, I'd like to say hi to you, but also stay stay the hell away from me type yeah. of deal. Um, yeah. No, I, I encountered a bunch of older folks that you could tell like they wanted to stop and talk, but they didn't they didn't dare hang out too long. You know, they they definitely uh-huh. wanted to make sure that uh, they they said something, said hi, let let you know they're happy and healthy, but then moved on. It's like everybody's trying to comfort each other as quickly as possible. <laughs> Just yeah. a, a quick <laughs> smile and a quick wave, and on you go down the trail to like, I'm okay, you're okay, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'll it was. I, I had a bizarre. I not not really bizarre, but just kind of a funny situation. I did like a, a trip to Costco a couple of days ago. I was like, I got got to do these like weekly, these weekly roundups of the essentials. And I saw a friend of mine who I had not seen, and I don't know. It's got to be a couple of years. And it's one of those things where it's like I would love to stand here and catch up, but instead we're just gonna <laughs> not nod at each other from across the aisle and be like, oh hey, it's good to yeah, see you. I'm gonna keep sad. walking. Yeah, bye. Yeah. Bye. Yeah, no, it's I I like don't want to see people I know cuz then I feel like I I want to embrace them or talk to them. You're just like I'd much rather just get through this thing um and not have to worry about it. I just forwarded you an email, Phil. Are you able to see this email I just forwarded you? Oh, uh, let's see. Let's oh, yes. Okay, turkey turkey drawings. Oh yeah. Now, there we go. I I forwarded you this one. I have I assuming you have not seen it yet. No. This we talked about this. I read this email on yesterday's show. Um, our man Alec Acock, he made the turkey. He created. I want you to try to. I did my best yesterday to try to describe it. I read his email, but I, I'd like you to just look at what's created there. <laughs> look at what that is. Look at it, Phil, and try to describe it. This is the first you're seeing it. It's brand new. Yes, this is. Um, this belongs in a, in a museum, as Indiana Jones once said. Uh, this looks very impressive. I I also love the set decoration. Okay, so we've got uh yeah, we've got a little turkey and there's a there's a white claw can in the picture for for size reference. So it looks like it's about as as high as a white claw can, as tall as a white claw can. It's made out of various feathers and beads and it looks like yeah, like fly like fly um fly tackle stuff. And uh, it, uh, there's a roll of toilet paper as well, to, just to show the times we are in. Um, <laughs> it uh, some, looks like there's some decoys in the background. It's hanging out with its kind. <laughs> it's it's yeah. This is yeah. so everybody that listened to yesterday's show will know what this thing's made out of. But Alec is a a big time fly fisherman turned turkey hunter. It's his first year turkey hunting, and this is what he made. Uh, he said his wife yelled at him. While I called him a child, while I used to do this. So these, it's these little things, Phil. You weren't you weren't around yesterday, but I got a little emotional talking about the connection that that we're all making through this silly contest and this podcast. But um, this is this is wildness, Alec. I I I feel like he deserves two podcasts worth of mentions because of what he made here. He said he he, he sent me a message today, said he would mail that to us. So I'm going to give him your address so he can mail it. <laughs> I would. I mean, I don't want to take it away from him, but at the same time, I would love to put this on my desk. Yeah, if there, me too, <laughs> man. If it. there's a THC museum somewhere, that thing belongs in it. So listen, yeah. I say this. We have a week to go in our hand turkey contest. Um, the bar has been set unbelievably high. I don't know well, how... Here's, here's, here's the thing, Ben. I, I love this turkey. Um, I haven't even met him yet. 
but uh, uh, I want to be friends with him. Not not Alec the turkey. Um, but it, I believe the contest was for a, a hand tracing, and I kind of I would feel bad giving letting Alec run away with the grand oh. prize. Always the dissenter. When it's not a drawing. I'm sorry. (laughs) I get it. I get it, Phil. I get it. There's a lot of good hand turkey drawings coming in. Um, So we're going to actually talk about this one on social media and try to get see how many people will send stuff in. Um, But one hell of a good start. Uh, So just looking at it makes me excited for turkey season. I mean, I would poor Alex Turkey. I would shoot him in the face. And sure. uh, he, he looks delicious as well as as uh, creative. So uh-huh. I wanted to, I just wanted to show you that I felt that was important for you to know. I am thank you for sending it to me and thank you to to, to Alec for putting in the uh, the time. This looks great. Yeah, and, and I decided the yesterday that we're going to do the THC Hall of Fame and we're going to start putting these whether it's a little shrine in the Mediator Studio or if I have to do it by my desk at the Mediator offices, I will. I'm going to start collecting all these things that you guys have done over time, poems and um, drawings of Phil and uh, turkeys made out of fly tying material. Who knows what other? I'm so addicted to contests now. I'm never. I'm gonna. I would snort contests off a table at this point. Um, I'm so addicted to this, Phil. Does that sound healthy? Uh, you know, I think once in a while is fine, but you got to know know your limits. Once a um, week. Once a week. Yeah, well, yeah one, one contest a week. <laughs> contest a week. I'm so addicted to contests. <laughs> um, so I'm going to make a little Hall of Fame, and hopefully that you listeners out there start to strive and do your best to make it to the Hall of Fame because I'll make sure a candle is lit in your honor. How do you feel, Phil? About am I going nuts? Am I am I off of my rocker? Or is this turning into something real? Yeah, uh, it's it's your show, man. Thanks, thanks for the vote of confidence. Uh, well, today's show, we have. Are you good? Everything good there? Like we're gonna move on to to our guest. I just want to check and make sure you're okay. Oh yeah, no, I'm doing I'm doing great. I'm making good. some. I'm making doing steaks steaks tonight. Maybe some Ooh. asparagus. I'm looking forward to it. Oh, all right. Asparagus is starting to get in season it's, uh, soon. All right. Well, uh, we're going to get to my good friend Casey Butler from Hushin. Uh, we didn't really talk much about hunting, but we talked about life and our and our approaches to the quarantine. And we talked about how we approach business. And he and uh, Casey talked about the pillars to which they build their business at Hushin. Content I'm sure a lot of you guys watch and are, understand and know about. Uh, like I said earlier, Casey is one of my favorite people in the world. So enjoy. My friend, Casey Butler. Hey, Casey Butler, you son of a bitch. How's it going? (laughs) Wow. I've never been introduced quite like that, but I kind of like it. I came in hot, didn't I? I'm feeling it today, man. I'm feeling it. You came in firing. Yesterday's show, I was getting emotional. I was alone. I'd just gone through like some weird weekend events where I was trying to, you know, trying to process this quarantine. But today, I'm just feeling, I'm feeling hot. I'm feeling good. So, uh, I like th- when Ben's feeling for, hot. Thanks for being with us. I'm, as you as you saw, I'm wearing a robe. Maybe that's part of it. You think that's part of it? I think that has a, a big part of it to do with it. Have you ever I feel worn, like Do you wear robes? I have a robe. You do. Uh, one of my business partners had some robes made for us a few years ago, kind of as a joke. It's black with gold stitching on it. Oh. 
And I was like, man, I'm gonna wear this all the time. And I just haven't found a time and place to really wear it, but maybe I should go throw it on. Have I inspired you in any way to just... I was very impressed to open this little video conference call up and see you in a robe. Yeah, no, I... Well, so what had... Just just for the backstory, because my wife got me this robe years ago. And uh, we wear... She wears a robe and I wear a robe. And we just, like, rub up against each other like two bears, you know? It just, it just feels... You Sounds know. nice. Yeah, I mean, it's a little bit sexual, but mostly asexual. Uh, yeah. It's just nice. And... <laughs> I was wearing it this morning as I was doing laundry, and then it was. I looked at the clock, and it was eleven. It was eleven fifteen. I'm like, shit, man. I'm gonna just keep going. Roll. Just roll with it. Just doing. Yeah, maybe I need to experience the robe life more. Yeah, I, I feel like if anybody is gonna be open to it, it would be you. And oh, you I'm would... definitely open to it. I just need to to implicate it more, I guess. Yeah, I mean, we could start a podcast with just in our robes. Two dudes uh, in a robe. Well, two, two dudes in two separate robes. Two dudes. <laughs> or I mean, you two, can do it either way. Two dudes in one. Two dudes, one robe. Two dudes, one robe. We just pass the robe back and forth. <laughs> the show. Did we just create a new business? Yes, we did. Yeah. Like no, it. with your business acumen and my uh, robe, we could be. We could really do it. Oh, it's you know, there's a lot of podcasts out there in the world. I have not come across one with, I haven't come across any with two guys in a robe. Can you think of any other like clothing items that make you just completely change how you are and feel and act? Because the robe is one of them. Because you can't just wear a robe and be normal. Oh, house slippers. Oh, yeah. Yep. House slippers, like, I have a pair of house slippers. And every time I put them on, it's just like, okay, today's going to be a great day. Yeah. It's like I guess if you're wearing a robe or house slippers, not not much is expected out of you. Yeah, yeah, no, and it's it's. I just I just feel like America, you know, no other country. Yeah, could I be doing what I'm doing right now in a robe? Uh, yeah, it's if beautiful. you like think back, like early '60s, right? Like I always have something about the '60s. It just seemed like an easier time in life, right? Family was important. People were hanging out Saturdays and Sundays, and the dad would walk out front, grab the paper, and what would he be wearing? His row, and he would wave, "Hey, Bob, how's it going, hey, Bob. Bob, Bob?" Like that, and uh, robe and house slippers. Yep, and I have. Uh, well, they're just uh, they're doing construction across the street from my house, building the, our new neighbors. So maybe when they first come in, and like the first day, I'll just I'll just like lay lay it down, lay down the gauntlet, and I'll go out there. I'll have yeah. to buy a newspaper and throw it on my front porch, but. <laughs> Do they make those still? Yeah, I think they do. Maybe I'll just put a tablet out there every morning. <laughs> hey, Bob. Hey, Bob. Let's get my you tablet. Tablet. Let's sit it out here every night. It's not good for the tablet. Oh, man. Make, what? make it a statement. You know, my very first job I've, I ever had was I was a newspaper delivery boy. Oh. And so I got to I gotta meet a lot of those guys, you know. They were pretty excited to see on Sunday morning delivering the papers. That's actually the only job I've ever been fired from as well. Really? Um, yeah. I, yeah, I have a story about being fired from a job, but it's not podcast appropriate um, oh. in many ways. <laughs> so I have to save that for my book, my autobiography <laughs> I write in 20 years. Can't wait to um, read it. Yeah, it'll be great. Look forward in 20 years. Um, 20 years. Yeah. Oh, you got fired. As, why'd you get fired? What happened? Well, so I was a paper boy from like fifth grade to like, I think I want to say like eighth grade. Anyway, like seventh and eighth grade, I, you know, play sports. And so I'd have to take time off, but it was also my job to like 
find somebody to fill in for me. And there was a neighbor kid, neighbor kid that lived a couple houses away that he would help me every once in a while. But then during, uh, I think it was football season, he was supposed to do it for like two and a half months. <clears throat> and I don't know if it was lack of communication on my part or he just decided not to do it. But about a week into the whole deal where he was supposed to be taken over, I got a call and, and uh, it was the lady that was over, like in charge of me. She was pretty upset and said that no one had delivered, had received a paper in a week. And I was like, "Well, yeah, Riley's. You know, I shouldn't have said his name. Uh, well, that's but, that was a made up. It's his name. Wasn't yeah, really his Riley. name. It's it, it, yeah, it's not Riley. But uh, I was like, yeah, he's supposed to be doing this. And I went to his house. And so back then they would deliver the papers to your house. You know, I think we had like sixty to eighty papers we delivered. And so they would just bring them in bundles and then leave them on your porch. And then you'd have to wrap them up with a rubber band. And I walked up to his house and there was a week worth of newspapers sitting in his. Oh no, driveway, and so Riley. I got canned. Riley. Well, but that—I mean—that led you to. If it wasn't for that, I mean, you know how I like to make with my guests. I like to make up the storylines before they say them. But if it wasn't for that, you wouldn't be where you are today. Oh, that's what changed my life. Yeah, that's that, what that's, turned me onto the right path. That was your moment. You were probably doing hard drugs at that point. I was. Yep, and it was the paper life that was really bringing you down. Yeah, it's like you know. There's a lot of jobs out there that just doesn't lead to uh, great behavior, and that's one of them is being a paper boy. You just run with a rough crowd. Yeah, you do. You know, <laughs> I have to say, we did a podcast uh, that will never be heard because Phil deleted it. We did it the other day with Giannis and a bunch of guys in the studio back prior to the quarantine, mm-hmm. and we just got into a sarcastic line of, of conversation like like we're just having, and it went for 45 minutes God, it was the weirdest line of sarcastic conversation I've ever been a part of. It it, it had some kind of weird beauty because I think we blacked out halfway through. So yeah, uh, too much sarcasm will do that to you. That will really do it to you. Well, so you have your quarantine. How long you've been quarantined? What's your what's the quarantine life? I think this is day number eight. So last Monday is when the schools shut down. Yeah, man. And so, um. Yeah, I think it's day number seven or eight for us, but it's it's weird. It's like you talk about sarcasm. Like every day I wake up and I'm like, is this really happening? Like, yeah, is this really going on? Yeah. I think I'm like to a point where like, you know, I don't live in Utah, but we're very close. My business partners, Brian and Eric, both live in Salt Lake. And like three days ago, they woke up to like a 5.7 earthquake. And Brian's t- telling me all about it. And he's like, man, it's crazy, huh? I'm like... Dude, I'm to a point where like anything could happen and I'm not going to be like that surprised anymore. Yeah, 2020 is is just it's off it's off the chain. It's I don't want to say off the chain cuz that sounds horrible and douchey. Uh <laughs> it's crazy, man. It it really is. I mean, Tom Brady's playing for the Buccaneers. Uh quarantines. Yeah. Kobe Bryant dies in a helicopter crash. Yeah, I mean, it's just there's not a whole lot to say other than what the fuck 2020? Like we don't we don't need any of this out of you. Do better. No, that's the thing. Is like I think everyone was like, well, for whatever reason, you know, everyone was like, good, you know, good thing. 2019's gone. Like 2020 is going to be it. Yep. And now everyone's like, man, 2019 wasn't a bad year. Yeah, we need to apologize. Uh, apologies to 2019. <laughs> we, yeah, I think 2020 was like, here, 2019, hold my beer, watch yeah, this. Yeah, hold my beer. Watch um, what I'm going to do. But you have uh, four kids, right? Yeah, I've got four little ones. Not so what are their what are their ages, if you don't mind? So I've got 
my oldest, Braley, she's uh, my oldest daughter. She's 15. And then I got a son, Gage, who's 11. Uh, another son, Winston, who's five. And then my little girl, Layla, she's going to be three next month. Wow. So, so, yeah, you got a full house. Um, by the way, Winston, a, a fantastic name. I bet he would wear a robe. Oh. Uh, anytime. He, he's a robe material for sure. I like him. I like him already. I don't even know him. I like him. Actually, Winston is the dude. He has two rules in the summer. Well, three rules, but two of them kind of go hand in hand. Uh, you have to wear a shirt and you have to wear shoes and you have to tell me where you're going. Because in the morning, dude will wake up, underwear, shorts, at best, and he'll be down the road playing with friends. <laughs> so a robe might constrict him a little bit, actually, now I think about it. <laughs> yeah, well, he might like to rip it off in the morning and then run out the door. Yeah, you know, that's like his final act before he gets going for the day. That's that's very true. He's, he is into superheroes. He could be like super robe boy. Oh boy! Just rip the robe off, and then he's ready to fight the bad guys. Yeah, I know. I, I was telling you before we hit record. Um, my wife's off at the doctor's with our our little guy just for to get some um, vaccines, his normal ones. Mm-hmm. And um, my son's downstairs watching a show. And so he may burst in at any moment. And if he does, he's definitely going to be wearing an Iron Man mask or a Hulk mask or Spider-Man or Batman or it doesn't matter. He's got a oh, whole suit. Best. He's got a whole suitcase full of costumes that he that he does. And how old is he? Three and a half. Yeah. So he's he's there, man. He's in he's that deep into it. He's deep. No, it's, it's uh he knows every planet. He knows every dinosaur. He knows every superhero. And I like it. Who their friends are. So, so but how do you say watch a show? Is he what show is he watching right now? He's watching a movie, and I want to say if I had to guess, his mom put it on for him. If I had to guess, I would say it's Frozen Two because okay. he's watched that thing every day for about a week. And uh, I'm not gonna lie, I enjoy it. Uh, yeah. I enjoy that film, and I've watched it with him probably about five times, and each time it gets better. Yeah. Is that a big thing at the, at the Butler household? Yeah, for sure. Uh, my little littlest girl, Layla, she is into Frozen. And so we were actually trying to, because I was talking about this with my wife, I was like, was there like a Disney show that you grew up and you just like, there always seems to be like one or two that you just watch over and over. And for both of us, it was uh, like Little Mermaid. So oh, wow. we were showing the kids Little Mermaid yesterday. And honestly, to this day, and I don't know why I watched it so much when I was a kid. I had a little sister that liked it. But like, I can recite that whole movie word for word. Yeah. I got that with uh, a lot of things. Aladdin was a big one for me. Yep. Um, for sure. A lot of other ones. But yeah, I mean, it's funny now they have Disney Plus. You have access to all these all these movies. Some of them hold up. Some of them just do not hold up at all. <laughs> yeah, I think doubt. Little Mermaid, Little Mermaid holds up uh, pretty good. Yeah, it's it's a classic for sure. And then you know we just we actually went to Disneyland right before all this craziness happened, um, like three or four weeks ago. And so we went on the Little Mermaid ride. Oh, and that kind of brought back a lot of memories, you know. All right, so, and that's the Disney segment of the podcast. <laughs> moving are they on, a sponsor yet? I uh, hope so. Hope so. Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping we get bought out by ABC or uh, Disney at some point. So, That's not know. a bad gig. Really pitching it hard. Really pitching it hard. I, I just until then, I'll just be here in the nursery talking about talking about Disney characters on my hunting podcast. It's gonna be people love it. I think they love it. Oh, um, I think people can associate with it if they have kids, especially right now. Oh yeah, no. So what's what's the setup there? 
Like you have, is it been hard, easy? Do you have, since you already kind of work from home in a way, just you have a rhythm with it? Like to explain people how, I guess the, the general, what I've asked everybody on this daily show is, is like, how do you approach this mentally? And then what's like the daily setup over there? It's kind of weird because I was kind of that guy, um, even, you know, after like the first cases of China, like took off and it started exploding over there and then started spreading. I remember I was, we were in the airport uh, it was March 5th, I believe, or March, yeah, March 5th. We were headed to Oregon to go do our annual steelhead trip. And this was really when it started to, like, catch people's eyes. And my little brother, who is our camera guy, was with me at the airport. And it's on all, every single, you know, uh, TV in the airport. And I was kind of like the, the naysayer. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is just another one of those things to get people talking about this and not paying attention to that. And, you know, this is just a big scam. And uh, he was kind of into it. He's like, man, look at these numbers. And he was kind of trying to show me numbers. Anyway, so we were on the trip and get back. And then that's when things really got serious. And I was still kind of the guy that's like, you know, we live in a pretty small town. There's no a little side note. I don't know if you're paying attention to this. Like there was like three or four states left that uh, hadn't had any um, known cases of the coronavirus. Do you know yep. which ones those were? Well, I know Montana was was down the list pretty far. Yeah, it was like Idaho, Montana, I think North Dakota, and then West Virginia. And you guys, you guys fell before we did. Yeah, I, I remember Idaho that was day. Second to last, I think it went Montana and then North Dakota and then Idaho and then West Virginia. So, yeah, no, you know, my, we live in some pretty great places. I know my parents just retired and moved to West Virginia, so oh, <laughs> I was feeling, feeling pretty good. But yeah, I mean, it's it's funny how that goes when you're living in a place where it's not as prevalent, but still you have to take kind of the same actions as 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 if you have it and as if you live in a town where a lot of people have it. So it's, it's hard to yeah. know, man. Well, and that's kind of like how my wife's been the stickler about this whole thing. And uh, luckily she has because, you know, and I agree, like, I've been trying to tell my kids, this has been the hardest part. It's trying to explain to them, you have three weeks off of school, but that doesn't mean that it's like three weeks of, you know, spring break. There's a reason that you're not going to school because they want to have friends over. They want to go do this. They want to go do that. So that's been like the hardest part for us is just to be like, listen, you, I know you just want to play with the neighbor kid and that's only one kid, but you know, how many people has he come in contact with over the last week? How many people have you come in contact with over the last week? So we're running a pretty tight ship for now. Um, I think I've been to the grocery store twice in the last uh, eight days and that's about as much as I've, been exposed to people. I, I do go on a daily drive. I have to get my truck every once in a while and just go on a drive. Um, but yeah, it's just basically wake up. So a lot of schools have had online courses and stuff going on, which for whatever reason, the school district here in Pocatello hasn't had those set up yet. So the kids really have no initiative every day. So we're trying to like create some sort of environment where they can like wake up and still have some some sort of a schedule. Um, and that schedule usually ends up to them going and jumping on the trampoline in the backyard for the first few hours of the day. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. And then it's like, well, if we're going to be home, you know, dad's like, uh, let's clean the garage out. But it's been nice because we got all those little chores done I wanted to get done. And now we're kind of out of out of chores. So I don't know what's going to go, what's going to proceed from here. Yeah, I was telling my wife, you know, we have different age kids, obviously. And it's just, there's different challenges that come with that. But I just told her, I mean, you got, you know, I still am doing, I'm doing this, you know, and I 
as I said yesterday, I was getting reading some emails from listeners and just kind of thinking about this whole thing and for the first time got emotional about, you know, what it is and what what's going through. But I think part of what this show has done for me, um, maybe others, I don't know, but I, you know, just in my own experience, is like it gives you a purpose every day when you wake up, you're working on something, you know, you got you have a mission, you know what you gotta get accomplished. So I just don't just told my wife, I mean, having a purpose, making sure our kids have a purpose, you know, giving them some structure is, uh, is really important at this time. And uh, we're not used to doing that because we're not used to the scenario. Yeah, without a doubt. I think that, uh, you know, I feel terrible for, you know, me and my wife both work from home and we run our businesses out of our houses. So for us, it's not a big issue that the the kids don't have a place to go but for a lot of people that work jobs that are still going to those jobs you know like um what are they going to do with their kids was what i kept thinking about like if you you know your mom's a nurse and your dad does whatever and has to be at work but you know what if you have young kids like sending them to a babysitter is probably not the best call right now yeah it's tough it's tough yeah there's a lot of real impossible scenarios that this brings up for people so i i enjoy like you know I know you well and I know kind of how you handle your life and, and all the other people we've had on thus far, you know, it's just a different perspective, but it just seems like people that run in our circles are kind of in the hunting world for better, for, for, you know, lack of a better description, they are kind of just a little more better prepared. I, I've talked to some family members and other folks that live in a lot of different places. Um, and it's just, seems like the folks that we've had on this show are are laser focused and prepared and, and not as hypersensitive to some of the negativity is as that may just be coincidence but that's what i've found no i agree i think that uh, there's a lot of people out there that are um terrified which i mean what i what, what i try and trying to tell my kids is like you know when i was talking about like trying to explain to them the reason we're not going to school is like maybe it's not like going to be a big issue here in pocatello idaho um, or maybe it's not going to be a big issue in a week from now, but, you know, wrong or right, they're, they're telling us to do these things for a reason. And if they're wrong, like it's not going to hurt the situation, right? If we're social distancing ourselves from, from people, it's not going to hurt the coronavirus situation. And if they are right, then good thing that we stuck to the plan and did it. So it didn't, you know, we, we calm that curve down or whatever the phrase they're using, but and that's just hard for a kid because you know, what's funny is like me and my wife were talking about, I think the people that are struggling with this the most, like not really abiding by it is not like necessarily our generation, like people raising kids, but it's the older generation. They just don't like the other day we were supposed to go to a little party and we couldn't go. And they're like, well, what's the matter? Your, your kids feeling sick? Are they acting sick? Are you guys like, what's I'm, we're like, no, like, the way this works is if somebody could have the virus for up to 10 to 14 days before they even get the symptoms and how many people in 10 days will you come in contact with if you're not social distancing yourself a lot and so i think it's funny that that older generation is like in my in my experience anyways it's been like yeah yeah you know we can hang out family friends whatever but it's my wife like i said she's the stickler of this whole thing i was trying to go shed hunt the other day with my boys and my neighbor and she shut us down yeah I don't know. I think that's got to be the role, the maternal role in this one. My wife's the same way. I We went out hiking the other day, and it, there's so many people on the trailhead, which I love to see, man. It made me happy that, you know, there was, you know, older folks, young folks, kids, adults, people working out, people just hiking, people picnicking, whatever. 
Um, and when I got back, my wife's like, well, how, how wide is the trail? It's not six feet wide. I'm like, well, no. <laughs> She's like, yeah. so So every time someone walked by you on the trail, which must have been 100 people, they were breaking the social distancing rule. I'm like, yeah, you're right. I just didn't think of it that way. Everybody was happy and prancing around, you know, and uh, at least I was prancing on uh, us because of what I like to do. Uh, on a, on a, a mountain in Montana. I'm a prancer. You know that. You know yeah. that. Um, I experienced your prancing. Yeah, we've pranced together uh, here and there. And and so, I, I I mean, I just felt that, like, it's nice to have the the maternal point of view, which is like, let's protect ourselves. Um, and I, it's hard. It's hard. This is a lesson in civic responsibility in a lot of ways. Um, how do we think bigger than ourselves and how do we kind of, you know, make sure we put uh, less emphasis on our on our own egos and our own wants and needs, and, and try to just think about others. And almost every action we do, if not um, most of the actions we do on a on a daily basis. So I don't know, man. It's it's a tough time. So I'm glad to hear you guys are at least getting through. And I know guy people that run businesses from their homes are probably just kind of still in that uh, in the groove they normally are in. Yeah, uh, and luckily for us, that's kind of the groove we're, we're doing. We're both able to to uh, complete our job tasks every day and, and, you know, move along with our business. But, you know, there's a lot of people out there that don't have that luxury. And, uh, who like, I, I keep thinking about this, but let me ask you, how would your life – so you – how long have you guys been in quarantine? About the same time? Yeah, I mean, yeah, last – you know, last Sunday I went in to record a pie. Yeah, so it would have been, you know, not long, a week, 10 days, like that, about yeah. the same time. Yeah. And so we're sitting here in, in uh, March, which is, you know, getting into some good spring activities if it's either bear hunting or shed hunting or turkey hunting or doing some spring fishing. But how would this affect you if this would have been – if this scenario happened at the first of, let's say, September? Yeah, yeah, I mean – I don't, I'd like to say like, you know, there's, there's the kind of virtue signaling response, which is like, I'll go out and hunt elk and that's what it's going to be. But there, there's a part of me that, you know, that says that even in, even in this time frame, but especially in September, like, I don't know that it's responsible necessarily for a lot of reasons for me to leave my family for long periods of time right now. Um, you know, I just don't know that that's, that's very that's me being accountable to them. I want to go back on Like you say, September 1st or opening day of elk season. I want to go for three days and be gone with no cell service, but that's probably not the most responsible thing to do at this moment, you know, to be gone from them and, and get, not give them what they need. And speaking of, uh, one, here's one right now. Hey buddy. How's it going? Good. I'm talking to Casey right now. We're doing a podcast. You want to talk into the microphone? And What's say, up hey, buddy? Casey? You got to talk into the microphone and say, Hey Casey. Hi. What's up, buddy? How you doing? He said, what's up? How you doing? Hi. <laughs> you watching a little Frozen? Hi. What were you watching? What show were you watching down there? Return of Jafar. Oh, Return of Jafar. That's nice. That's like a... Oh. Is, it, is it over? Is that why you came up? Yeah. Okay, well, go play in your playroom, and I, I will be That's podcasting. like Aladdin stuff, right? Yeah, that's Aladdin, right? Did you like it? That was not Aladdin. That was Return of Jafar. <laughs> oh, I see. But not Al- the was, same. Not the same. Was Aladdin in it? Was he in there? Yeah. 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 Well, did you? Is it better than Aladdin or or worse than Aladdin? Worse than Aladdin. Worse than Aladdin. You like Aladdin better? I'm with you. You like the classics. I like the Turn of the Fly. All right, buddy. 
All right, we'll go play in your playroom, and Daddy will be out in a while. Okay. See you later. Shut the. No, yeah, you're right. Like, I keep running that scenario through my head. You know, September first comes in to play, and this is what we're asked to do. Like, I would be like, "All right, kiddos, no school to worry about, no cheerleading practice that you have to miss. We can be gone." But it's such a scary. Like, like I said, every morning I wake up and I'm just like, all right, what's the news today? What's happened or what's going to happen? So to be like gone from your family, the people that look up to you the most, that need you, yeah. would it be wise to be gone, you know? Yeah. Even though I, you were social distancing yourself in the mountains is a, probably not the right example to set for your kids or your wife and not be there for them. Yeah. So that's how I think about it. You know, I think even now, you know, I'm... I'm planning turkey hunts and bear hunts that I, like I normally would. I've already canceled a couple of trips I had for turkeys, but you know, those things don't bother me at this point. I mean, I, I, you know, no matter what, luckily I got a freezer full of meat already. You know, it's not like I need that turkey. Um, but I know that there, I just have to adjust everything. I can't just leave that one part of my life the same. I can't say like, well, I'm, you know, I'll adjust everything else in my life, but then just go hunt the way I would normally. So, yeah. Um, I feel like I've got to adjust that. I've got to, hunt do day hunts instead of weekend hunts or week-long hunts and, and i've got to restrict like my want to like drive over to south dakota the black hills and shoot a turkey or you know in this case we like go to the snow crests and try to find an elk or whatever that it might be i just think that just that's my personal opinion i think if people choose to go hunt for their own mental well-being and leave some folks behind that could be okay too but i just don't know that i could do it pay attention here because this is a hell of a good service it's called the wellness company Picture this, okay? You wake up, you got a scratchy throat, you're all congested, you got a runny nose, you got a cough, whatever. And you weigh your options, like you tough it out, get sick, take time off work, try to get a doctor's appointment sometime in the next few months, wait two hours at urgent care and sit in a room full of sick, sick folks, or you open your medical emergency kit. You match your symptoms to the doctor-recommended prescription, and you start on the right meds right away. These medical emergency kits, not a first aid kit, all right? It comes with doctor-prescribed meds to treat over 39 medical issues. So, on hand, strong antibiotics for infections of all types. Plus, a doctor's easy guide so you know exactly what to take and when. No waiting to see the doctor, no waiting at the pharmacy. It's all in there. Every home should have at least one medical emergency kit. Order yours online in minutes. Your kit will be rushed to your door. Get 15% off at twc.health slash meat eater, but you got to use the promo code meat eater. That's promo code meat eater, okay, at twc.health slash meat eater. You ever get that feeling you're stuck inside staring at screens and a primal urge kicks in? You crave wide open spaces, fresh air, the chance to connect with the land? Well, maybe it's time to find your own piece of the wild. But searching for property can be a maze. That's where land.com comes in. They got millions of listings across the country, from mountain ranches to hidden fishing holes. Their search tools are like a seasoned guide helping you narrow down what you want. Land.com isn't just about buying and selling. It's about finding a place to hunt, fish, explore, or simply sit by a campfire and listen to the crickets. So head over to land.com today to turn one day 
into today. Because trust me, there's nothing quite like the feeling of standing on your own piece of earth. There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. Yeah. We actually had... I kept like making jokes with everyone, you know, like all the sports got canceled, which I'm a pretty big sports guy. I like to watch sports, but like basketball got canceled. The NFL looks like it's getting pushed back. Hockey was canceled. Baseball, all the sports were canceled. And I kept saying, yeah, one thing they can't cancel is hunting season, you know? Well, we had a hunt in uh, South Dakota lined up on an Indian reservation over there, and they actually canceled the turkey hunt this year. Yeah. Which was pretty wild. We were supposed was that to, on we were the, where were you going, to the Rosebud? I think so. It's uh with That's our good buddies with. from Weatherby. Um, I'm can't sure. The... I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure you're going in the same place that that I've gone in the past. It's uh it's a that place is great, man. You would you would have. I don't. I, I'm sorry. I'm saying that to you now. Hey, you know that hunt that got canceled? <laughs> oh, it's you awesome. Really, <laughs> you're really gonna miss out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The uh, I was looking forward to it. I'm a turkey nut, and I'm not very good at it. So, like, they came and introduced themselves. I think it's some guy named something Byers. Ken Byers. Ken Byers. You know the guy, Ken right? Byers is a man. I've hunted in Ken's camp in the Rosebud uh, before, years and years ago, probably a decade ago now. Um, but there's so many turkeys there, and they're so stupid. Oh, yeah. Um, he was showing us videos of, like, oh, dude, we're going to stalk in, like, using these, you know, fans or whatever. We're going to stalk in. You're going to shoot one with your bow at 10 yards. And I was all stoked about it. And then... Gone. comes crashing to a halt yeah we're working on some stuff for meteor.com right now kind of about what what's this doing to the outdoor economy what's it doing there's a lot of states like the state of maine i think you know is opening is encouraging people to use is opening their waters and encouraging people to use them you know so there's a lot of different reactions but it, it had this is you know our society has come to a halt and hunting and the outdoors is just part of that right it has to be so yeah it's totally understandable and um at some point you know, but I don't think it restricts. Like I, you know, for Montana, my license is all messed up. I apparently had two different licenses registered, um, license numbers registered in Montana. Save the details, but I couldn't just go online and apply for my tags. The deadline's April first, and I can't get a hold of anybody. Um, oh, really? At the FWP I to help me out. So that. yeah, it's like a it's a weird. You know, there's not anybody in the actual offices and. Um, you know, some of the customer service lines, I'm sure, are choked with people like me just trying to get some help. So, yeah, you know, I can imagine. It, it affects everything. Um, so, it's hard for me to complain about not, you know, missing a hunt or two or not being able to apply for tags, I, like perspective being what it is. Yeah. I've been thinking, I mean, this is obviously, it could end in a week from now, but it's still going to have lasting effects through, obviously, our economy and, and our society. And, you know, how long is that going to last? Yeah, you don't know. I mean, for you, uh, you your business is is I guess we could say social media based. Like, that's yeah, that's where everything lives. Um, and at a big, you said like your immediate family's business is kind of social media based. Um, hey James, no piano, buddy. <laughs> yeah, don't play the piano because I'll be able to hear it on my podcast. Okay. 
Well, not even a not loud piano because I could probably still hear that. So anything that doesn't, uh, that's not a piano or a uh, harmonica or cymbals. Or electric guitar. Or electric guitar. <laughs> He's got one of Let's play with your cars, bud. Uh, that's the, hey, that's the quarantine cast, you sons of bitches. That's what. Uh, that's how it goes. Deal with it. It's what um, it is. I'm parenting while podcasting. Uh, it's one of my few skills. But anyway, like your your business is off of is run off social media, and social media seems is seeming to have a boom right now um, for obvious reasons. Well, yeah, like if you look at um, the history of like when YouTube really took off, it was in that you know time frame of the economic you know the the what would you call it back in 2007 2008 the little hiccup we had it was oh, more than great, a hiccup they call it the great recession is what they call the it. great recession of 2007 2008 and at the time i wasn't personally doing youtube i was uh working at steel mill in northern utah and uh but actually my older brother had been doing dabbling in youtube a little bit for a year or two and then when 2007 and 2008 hit like it really you know, kind of this, I kind of feel the same now as I did then, but back then it was like, I was out of work. Like we were, went from working 60 hours a week to working maybe 20 at half pay. And so we were quarantined, but not because of some illness, but we were quarantined because I was terrified that, you know, I was going to lose my house and I didn't have money to go, you know, entertain ourselves. So, and a lot of people felt that. And that's really when YouTube like exploded onto the scene and, you know, obviously because people with internet could consume entertainment for free. And I remember talking to my brother about that and he's like, man, we're like, YouTubers are like one of the last people that are not, you know, getting our wages cut. We're actually doing better right now. Yeah. It's weird. I know, you know, I don't know how much you want to talk about or willing to talk about. I mean, your, your brother was as a famous YouTuber for a long time, right? Yeah. He was one of the first, um, I think he was like one of the first people that was able to do it for a full-time living. And uh, this is, yeah, like back in 2007, 2008 is when really his channel took off. And uh, he made, it was, I think it was the, he turned 29. So that would have been, yeah, it had been just over 12, 11 years ago. <clears throat> and uh, he decided he'd been doing it for a few years and he decided he turned 29. He said, I'm going to do something cool for the last year before I turned 30, you know? And so he did what back then had like a daily vlog. He was like one of the first vloggers that just video logged his daily life with his wife and his kids at the time. And it crushed and he became super big on YouTube and all social media. And, and, uh, yeah, he did really well. Yeah, now that, but, that kind of started, you know, I'm sure introduced you to that possibility, like in earnest. Oh, without a doubt. Like back then, I was, like I said, I was working at the steel mill, and I was, I was happy with our life. We were, we were doing well. My wife cut hair for a living, and, uh, and then he started talking to me about YouTube. And it's funny because growing up, I was never the guy, like never wanted to be in front of the camera. Like we have videotapes of my brother from like Christmas when we were, you know, he's two years older than me. So I was like eight and he was probably 10. And we had one of those big VHS um, recorders, you know, and uh, he's filming Christmas morning and, and then he turns the camera on himself and he was like videotaping himself and like, kind of like, you know, telling everybody what was going on, narrating the day. And you can hear my mom in the background, be like, you better not be videotaping yourself, Shay. And so it's kind of a joke. Like he started vlogging back then in the day. 
but I was never that guy. I never like, I used to be a semi-pro snowboarder. And so my experience of filming was I would go film on that same VHS, go film me and my buddies doing a bunch of tricks. And then we'd have to go home with two different, um, what are those things called? Tape recorders or uh, VCRs? Yes. What are those things called? What are those things called? <laughs> VCRs. How long has it been since you talked about a VCR? Anyway, so you'd have two VCRs and you'd hit start on one and record on the other. And that's how you'd cut your videos. And then you'd send them off to companies to hopefully sponsor you. But that was like as much videoing of myself as I wanted to do. But at the same time, back then, when my brother started talking to me about this, I had looked into like, I wanted a hunting TV show. And it was hard to research how you got one, but I finally came to the conclusion I didn't have the money for a TV slot and I didn't have any sponsors that believed in something I've never done before. But he was like, uh, you could do a hunting show on, on YouTube. I'm like, yeah, but that's no hunters are watching YouTube. And if they are, they're not watching for hunting content. They're just watching, you know, funny cat videos. But he instilled it in me early. Like one day it, the, it can make that transition. Like people will start obtaining their entertainment through, you know, an online platform like YouTube more so than a TV. And I was like, yeah, but that's going to take years. Anyway, he convinced me that I needed to start doing it. And so I started with a family vlog, which, cause my wife really wanted to do YouTube. She wanted to do a hair tutorial channel, a mom's channel kind of thing. And, uh, so we started doing it and uh, I kind of enjoyed it. You know, you get some positive feedback and you're like, yeah, you know, I, my brother actually posted my very first video on, on YouTube on my personal, my family video account. Like he told me, he, grabbed, he gave me his camera. He's like, vlog yourself, you know? And so I just vlog talking, running my mouth about who knows what. And then he uploaded the video to my channel one night without me knowing. And the next day he called me, he's like, dude, go look at your YouTube channel. So I went there and I had like, 1200 followers or subscribers and i started reading through the i'm like why did you upload that you know like a little unsure and then i started reading the comments of like yeah this guy's right you know i i am kind of funny like i can make people laugh you know (laughs) yeah this guy this random guy is right i'm hilarious i knew this stuff this guy see babe i knew i was funny this guy says it he's from columbus ohio he says i'm funny (laughs) anyway that's kind of how it all started and so then we started doing the family family channel and uh then like that next fall this was like in july i started and i think 2008 or nine and then that fall we actually had moved to la it's funny talking about uh being bought out by disney because um my brother and some other youtubers started a production company in la called uh maker studios back then and uh they had pitched the idea to my wife that they wanted to do a mom's channel so it was going to be like my brother Shay's wife Colette, my wife Kaylee, my sister Carly, and then a couple other ladies were going to have this mom dedicated channel. YouTube or Google at the time, Google had bought YouTube at that point, had thrown money at these guys and said, hey, start this mom's channel. This is the content we want on YouTube. So they pitched the idea of Kaylee doing this thing. Anyway, long story short, we moved to LA, did family stuff. She did her channel, she did the mom stuff, and then I started Hush. Uh, yeah, it's kind of crazy. I started Hush when I lived in Los Angeles, but um so we did that for years and it went well and then actually their company maker studios did get bought out by disney so it is a possibility man. it could happen it could it happen could all happen. right well i know a lot of disney execs are listening to this so yeah I'm and i guys probably right on here there's at least two there's at least two people 
in Montana that think I'm funny. So I'm, I'm, <laughs> That's all you need, man. I'm right where you were back then. All you need is a little confidence. <laughs> yeah, but, but it's, it's interesting. You and I have talked before about, like, there's no retirement plan for what you guys do at Hushin, you, Brian, and Eric. Um, you know, it, it is really, there will be eventually, because it's not going to go away. It's only going to get bigger, um, what, what things like Hushin do online. So, I mean, there certainly is a version of this where you guys are trailblazers. Well, I appreciate that. I, I mean, I don't, I always say like, I hate the phrase, um, you know, I hear people say this, not about us necessarily, but just like self-made. And I, I don't really believe anybody's ever self-made because there's always somebody there that either, you know, helped them along the way or inspired them to try something or open their eyes to a new, you know, way of, of doing things. And that's for sure what it was for me. Obviously it was my older brother and he was inspired by somebody before him. And so uh, trailblazer that's a big word um i think we were just the first people to start doing it and then there's a lot of people that do it now and that do it probably better than us but uh i always said like so once i accepted the fact that it could one day possibly make that transition from you know your normal cable network to what people watching or obtaining entertainment from online stuff when i finally bought into that i, I just told myself well if i start now before really there's a lot of other people doing this or other, a lot of people watching this um, if I just keep at it and work hard, if that ever does make this switch, we'll be the ones that have like been doing it, you know, and we'll have the bigger library, which always helps in YouTube and, and stuff like that. And then it finally did start making the switch. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of people out there that made the switch with it that are crushing. Like I always talk about Randy Newberg, right? He was hundred percent in on, on TV and he had a great following and we met with Randy a few times. Cause I always, I used to always tell people like, I don't consider anybody trying to do this as a competitor. I think the more people that do this on this platform, the better it is for everybody because it will just bring yeah. more of those eyeballs to what everyone's trying to do. And so we would share, you know, there was no, never any secrets, just things that we did that worked or didn't work. And so we met with Randy a few times. We're like, man, we think you can make the switch. And, and, uh, and he had always already been thinking about, we, we weren't the ones that convinced him. We, I guess we just kind of showed him that we could do it. And then he made the switch and he's, crushing now and same with same with steve and mediator and all you guys right yeah yeah i mean it, it, it goes to show you like when you know same as you i when i was coming up it was hunting tv that was kind of hunting tv and hunting magazines um so there was a box around you know kind of the the outlets that were there for you the creativity that you could could uh, you know pursue within the hunting space i mean there was just kind of a limited version of what it meant to be impactful or influential which i is a is a tainted word at this point <laughs> but yeah um there was you know you were you were looking at like are you jim shockey are you tom miranda are you one you know one of the famous many famous outdoor writers that have come along um you know and there was a different way to get there and it was almost always you had to you know you had to be the best hunter you had to have been around for a long time you know, there's a lot of aspects that kind of got you, got you to that if we're talking, you know, mid-90s, late, even late-90s. And then, you know, it's the Wild Wild West now. Anybody can get, uh, anybody can turn it on and get, get it, uh, I guess I don't want to say famous, but, you know, have people following what they do and, and have an impact on the conversation. I mean, anybody can. And we've seen that time and time over. I mean, the hunting public... Um, you know, you guys were the first, I remember when Brian came up to me at a trade show booth and just, they just like ran me down. <laughs> like I just, I never, yeah, it's the, one of the more aggressive pitches I ever received and one of the best at the same time. 
What's what's up, bud? Thanks. Are you playing Spider-Man Legos? Okay. All right. I'll see you in a little bit. Thanks. Spider-Man. Yeah, Legos. Brian is. Uh, there's a reason that uh, we brought Brian on years ago, and it's because he's really good at what he does. Yeah. Yeah. And I just remember hearing it. Like I, you know, you want to be. I was in the business of marketing at the time, and even in marketing, you want to be forward thinking. You want to be able to see something before anyone else does. That's kind of part of the skill set. And and you got to find somebody like Brian that can make you see that, even if you're inclined maybe not to. Yeah. Um, and so that's that's another another thing that happens. But yeah, I mean, anybody can. Uh, you've seen this. Anybody can step out and have. I remember when you know when the born and raised outdoors guys were first kind of kicking that off and doing what they did and you think well this is totally different to do it how many days in a row do they do um the first year was like 50 55 yeah. or something like that and it's and you know i've seen veteran hunting industry folks me in the media space especially look at that and just scratch their heads like who would watch that why would anyone watch that yeah. and i laugh at them i'm like well i don't know but you should ask all the people watching it <laughs> maybe maybe you'll find something out you don't already know yeah go ask the uh 75,000 people that watch those 50 55 days straight you know like yeah. who, who watches 55 days straight of anything right and there's some bravery in just doing something no one else has done and seeing if it works i mean that could have f totally flopped um for many reasons but it didn't and it took some took some guts to do well, that's what's crazy about all this is uh, I was always that guy, like, growing up, like, why, why do celebrities and, like, sports stars always have a bigger voice than everybody else, right? Like, why do their opinions matter so much? And I have always said, like, man, it'd be cool if everyone had a voice. And I think that's kind of what social media has done. Like, you know, anybody can go out and make meaningful, purposeful content now that people will like. And that, I think that's hard for old industry people. I, was, I listened to part of this podcast a few weeks ago or months ago. I'm not going to say which one, but it's a guy that's historically like always, you know, talking about Insta famous and all this, you know, trying to tear it down or whatever he might be doing. But he was like, well, like, why do these YouTubers think that, you know, they've done anything in this industry? Like if you had a TV show, it means like you worked your way up to get to a point where you could, you know, sell this ad space to, to sponsors and then you'd, you know, and, and then have a TV show because of it. And it's like, what, like, what are these YouTube, what, like what grind have they put in? Well, I get that to a point, but I also get that, you know, YouTube's a full-time job. It's, it's, I've put more work into this than I have any other job in my whole entire life. Obviously, yeah. you have to. But also, it's like, well, you know, you guys are sitting and saying, like, all these TV guys have, like, finally made it to this point. But, like, none of them, like, were for forward-thinking enough to be like, okay, let's, what's the next thing, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah, then it's you always, have to, we're going to have to be virtual reality soon. You're going to have to have virtual reality hunts with Casey and Eric and right. Brian. Um, if, we, <laughs> if we're being, yeah. if we're like being we, forward we thinking. Talk about this all the time. Like, what's the next thing? You know, like we do like a, you know, what years ago we started this, like we called it a semi-live hunt, which you've done one with us in Colorado. <clears throat> but it was like, basically the idea was, let's make it feel like people are there with us. So like, let's upload this content as quickly as possible. And so we would go and film like the first day. We'd always do it on our Colorado, like mule deer hunt. So we'd go and film one day, get back to wherever we were staying that night, edit the footage, upload the footage for the next day. So like people were a day behind, but they still felt like they were there with us. And so like we've kind of like 
developed that into how we run our seasons now. Like two years ago, we did kind of the same thing the Born and Raised crew did uh, with Land of the Free, where they filmed five different states in 50 days hunting elk. But we just made it for the whole season. So last year, um, well, 2018, I think we had like 88 videos that ran consecutively once we started uploading them. And then last year was, we kind of did the same thing, was 85 videos. But like, what's the next thing? Like, we've done that for two years. Like, what's the next thing? And I think we've always said this, and it's no secret. I think a lot of people have tried it and or want to try it, but like a, a completely live hunt where, you yeah. know, there's technology to do that now with certain cameras. If you have, you know, the Wi-Fi or whatever, if you're in service, but you could go out and film a hunt live. Yeah, that's going to get there. I, I remember my first job in the industry. I was working at the NRA for American Hunter Magazine. I was like their first digital hire as a digital editor. And I back then, I mean, this is 2009, I want to say, 10 maybe, something mm-hmm. like that. Um, I was blogging, doing like live hunt blogs and thinking about, hey, you know, n- nobody ever read any of them. You could probably Google it and find these things if you want to read them now. But I was thinking about that then, you know. I think that's just a natural inclination of of that kind of experience that I want as a consumer of digital media. Um, and I think it's, you know, hilariously connected to what's going on right now. I think if, if people could follow you or any, you know, anyone entertaining, go hunt right now for five days and be able to sit home while quarantined and watch that and know that it's happening in the moment and that there's it's relevant to the time. I think that would be huge, you know? And so I think it all connects. It would do so, so well right now, but. Wish we could. Sorry, guys. (laughs) Wish we we could. (laughs) We're just podcasting in our robes instead. We're just just here in our robes, (laughs) podcasting. Talking uh, about it. Talking about doing it. But that's, that's part of hopefully what we can all learn from this time. It's kind of what is it that we value um, outside of our normal daily lives and what really can drive us that you know that happens in our small spaces in relatively small spaces in our homes and with our families and so i tried i i was telling my wife the other day i was like hey listen you know there's a lot of unknown about this and i think this goes to like your business life and mine too like there's a lot of unknown and you can either fill that unknown with positivity or negativity because no matter either way you can convince yourself of one of those two outcomes uh, regardless of of what it is, especially with the coronavirus, you can look at some of the data and say like we're all gonna, you know, eighty percent of the country is gonna get it. We're all, you know, this is gonna be a disaster for this country and bring it to a grinding halt. Or hey, we got to slow the curve, and if we do all we can now, we can slow it, and we'll be out of this by June. You know, the, yeah. You can look at it either way, and you can only do that because there's so much confusion and lack of just factual information that streams. Um, and I think that, you know, you could take that to the rest of your life, you know, in your business life. You got to you got to look at it that way, too. No, I agree 100 percent. Like you said, man, there's just so much out there that's like it's been this way for so long with social media is like I said before, everyone has a voice. So everyone can put their opinions online and you just have to be careful what you read, because some of it's just completely nonsense. And there might be some factual stuff in there. You got to dig for it. But, yeah, I almost feel like in today's society that there's a lot of people that like, and I'm not going to say they like the coronavirus, but they like the idea of chaos, right? Right. Like, you know, and who knows what's going to happen with this? Like we were talking earlier, we're just playing it by ear and saying they're recommending us do this. If it's right or wrong, it will only be good if we do what they recommend by social distancing and trying to slow that curve down. 
but at the same time, there's a lot of people that just they thrive off off chaos and and you know BS that they read. And the other day, someone was telling me they're like, "Yeah, they're I have a friend's daughter. I have a friend, and his daughter is in uh, Ohio or something, and they've shut the city down. Which they are going to do that, I think, uh, as of tonight or something. But uh, this was a week ago, and this person was telling me that their daughter told them that they were driving tanks down the road to keep people in their houses. I was like, I don't know if that's true or not, but let's just go to like basics. Why would the army, it was the army driving, why would the army drive tanks down the road? They have trucks, right? That was really going on. Why wouldn't they just drive a rubber wheel truck down the road and not a still tracked tank? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a time where, you know, you got to choose there again, like the civic responsibility. How do you communicate with others? And what, and what are you communicating? Um, it goes, it just goes back to, you know, there's a famous line that like, democracy is not simply a license to indulge individual whims and proclivities. Like, it, you know, it's at this point, you have to hold yourself accountable and for everything you say and do, you know, who, who knows where that tank rumor started, but your kid got it, you know, yeah. it started somewhere. <laughs> And it was because somebody was being irresponsible with what they said. Yeah, for sure. So, it's hard, you know. I don't want. I'm not one to tell people what to say or what to not not to say. Do do whatever you want, but um, you got to be responsible for for thinking forward to what this might mean, and it, especially in a time like this. And and part of me says like, let's not talk about it. Let's just tell hunting stories, and we'll do that. We've done that a lot. We'll continue to do that. And you and I have some good ones, but um, you got to kind of talk it out and talk it through and see how you can get get through and you know one thing that i was i want to talk to you about i've been following i knew all about david goggins you know about david goggins oh yeah i think everybody at this point knows david goggins but like i knew about him but i never followed him or or, and i started following recently because i want to take up a fitness challenge during this quarantine and so i thought well who better to start with than david goggins then i realized david goggins is an animal (laughs) like david david goggins there's just a thing he posted earlier where he's just lifting a tree around, like carrying a giant tree around for no apparent reason other than to prove that he's strong and everybody else is weak and to motivate you. <laughs> it's just See, that guy's yeah, that guy's mindset shit. is it's unreal. And I've you know I don't follow him very closely, but I've seen him on you know Cam Haynes has put him on a lot of his stuff, and I've read some stuff about him. And but dude, yeah, the guy is a complete B A. Oh my God. Yeah. I just pulled up a thing where he said, motivation is crap. Motivation comes and goes. When you're driven, whatever's in front of you will get destroyed. <laughs> what a mindset. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I mean, I, so that's, if you, I, that's where I started my fitness journey. But I mean, you've done stuff, uh, like the mountain ops, what, 90 day challenge and things. I mean, you, you recently lost a bunch of weight and got in better shape. Like, can you give people a little bit of that story? Yeah, I mean, I'm actually to a point right now, this this whole quarantine thing has not been great on my diet. But um, yeah, it was two years ago, about the exact same time we got home from our steelhead trip in uh, March of 2018. And uh, I called Eric. If you guys don't know Eric Chester, he's a partner in Hush. And uh, he's very motivating to me because he's always in very good shape. He spends a lot of time at the gym. And the reason he does is because the guy I absolutely crushes on the hill like he's out shed hunting right now and he's probably putting in you know 15 to 18 miles a day picking up sheds but i called eric up and i said 
um, you know, I just got back from the Stilla trip and I was to a point where I was like, okay, I'm not a super happy person right now. What, what's going on? And, uh, I realized it was due to my poor health, my weight, I was probably 50 pounds overweight. And, you know, I hate to say I'm a hunter for a living, but I make my living by spending a lot of times outdoors hiking and hunting and all that fun stuff. And, and I looked at myself, I'm like, you're supposed to be like the person that, you know, you're making purposeful content for people inspired to like get themselves out. And you're trying to do that, like 50 pounds overweight. Uh, it's maybe time to change some things. So I called Eric up. I'm like, Hey bro, like let's do one of these 90 day challenges. Anyway, long story short, he was all in. And uh, so we promoted it through mountain ops who uh, makes great pro products. So for 90 days um, I went on a diet. I started out with a diet. That's how I told, to tell my wife the other day, anytime I've ever been able to like successfully like get into a, a program or a routine of living a better a lifestyle, healthy lifestyle, it always starts with my diet. And so if I can diet for like four or five days and start feeling good, and then, then that's when I really like start in with the exercise. So I started dieting for the first couple of weeks and taking Mountain Ops products and just, you know, living by kind of like Eric and made me up like a meal plan of what I should been eat, should be eating and how much and when. And started started doing that and started feeling great, you know. And then I started uh, running on the the treadmill, and then running outside. And yeah, ninety days went by, and I completely felt like a new person. I felt inspired. I felt like I had energy. I felt um, creative again because of all things I kind of felt like I lost for a little while, just because I was unhappy with you know who I allowed myself to become, and also you know. Uh, being overweight, you kind of start to feel those things. And uh, after 90 days, I lost like 47 pounds and um, felt amazing. It's, I tell people this all the time. And I get like, there's a lot of people out there that don't like to see dudes at the gym, their shirts off. And I was that guy like for a long time. I was like, dude, this is garbage. And I still don't like overly watch that content or you know, enjoy it, but I, I can appreciate it because the reason I never liked it, and I feel like this is the same way for maybe some other people that they don't enjoy that, or it makes them mad is that they're feeling, um, a little insecure themselves. And that was yeah. definitely me. Right. Yeah. Yep. I was looking at all these people that were in living very healthy lifestyles, being happy, promoting, you know, healthier decisions. And it would just make me mad because I knew I wasn't making those same decisions. So I tell people all the time, like when you eat healthy and get out and just move your body and breathe, it's a drug. It's addicting. Like you feel better and feeling better is, you know, something that everyone wants to feel. And so like, yeah, we went through the 90 days and, you know, we also had like we're promoting this with our, the people that watched us and our, you know, people that followed us on social media. And what was cool about it, it was cool that, that I did it, you know, I got through 90 days, I felt better. My wife jumped on board. Um, she did the same. She crushed it. But then talking to other people that jumped on board with us and were following us, like I've heard some life changing stories um, from people that jumped on board either at that time or, or after they saw what we did. Um, and it, it's super, it was just more inspiring to me to see that, you know, other people were actually watching it. And that goes back to like, you know, <clears throat> maybe we haven't earned our stripes to me, you know, have a TV show or whatever. But at the same time, we're making, I hope anyways, that we're making purposeful content to inspire other people to get out and either, you know, change their lifestyle or go hunting again 
maybe they've never hunted or they got away from it, you know, with their dad, they, they quit doing it. And now they're getting back into it. So maybe we haven't earned our stripes to have a TV show in some people's eyes, but I don't care about that. I just want to make meaningful content for people to be inspired by. Yeah. Like you said, there's a democracy out there that really, really rewards that kind of thinking rewards that kind of, Hey, I'm going to choose what, you know, I always think about choose your narrative. Like what of all the things, social media is an arcade game. You're, you put things out there to get points and the more points you get, the more standing you get. And if you're the number one point getter, then, then you have the most entertaining content to the most amount of people. Well, that, that definitely can change the way you speak and what you do as you well know. And I know if I post a picture of a steak or a big buck, it's going to get more likes than if I post a picture of me and my kid fishing. Um, but I choose the kind of, I choose my narrative. I choose what I want to say and what I want to do. And I choose it to be positive and I do my best with it. It's not perfect, but it's, it's my, the thing I want to say and what's the best success, the success your own way. Um, rather than just falling in line with an algorithm and following lockstep with what the algorithm says is going to get you the more, most arcade points. So it's, that's part of it. And you know, I'm not, I don't watch people working out online when I see it, I just kind of skip over it, but I appreciate, like you said, I appreciate that that's the narrative they choose to, they choose to put out there because no one would watch a guy sitting on the couch eating chips. <laughs> like, way less people would watch that. Maybe we start that. We got robes already. Oh, Maybe. I just filmed a uh, hot hot pocket tutorial. You gonna you gonna watch it? <laughs> uh, yeah. Me and my robe is maybe that's what we could start. I'd be down. I might. I might actually watch that. I take yeah. it back. But no. But like, there's not. There isn't a dearth of popular hot pocket eating robe guys out there. Yeah. Um, maybe there might be after this conversation, but maybe we there is something there isn't because it's not as like it's not as powerful of a narrative as somebody who wants to work out and feel good man i mean it just isn't and and it might be annoying if it gets overdone but i'd rather that be the case than than somebody choosing to to choose their the chose their own narrative of hate or you know disillusion or you know disaffecting other people yeah, that's way worse in my opinion well, yeah, I tell my wife this all the time. Like, we had a family vlog channel for years. And then, you know, when Hush and really got up and going, <clears throat> I decided, like, I was done with the family vlog channel. I just want to do concentrate on Hush, you know, full time because that's what I was most passionate about. And, uh, but like, even now, I watch, you know, YouTube videos and I see people vlogging and they're like just, you know, millions of followers and millions of views and they're doing really well. But it's just like, I tell my wife, if we were ever like in the place that we were broke and we needed money quick, like I think I could create a, a vlog channel that would do really well in it, but it would just be garbage. Yeah. Be because some, for whatever reason, that's kind of how like there used to be this vlogging like community on YouTube, you know, and there still is. There's still people doing amazing stuff, filming their lives, you know, growing up with their kids, doing, going on vacation, showing the world. You know, and the reason I think vlogging became popular um, was because it showed a happy family. And unfortunately, there's a lot of kids out in the world that don't have a happy family, right? Right. They come from broken homes and, you know, whatever the, the case might be, I think the reason like my brother's channel took off and did well and, and so many other family vlog channels did so well is because it just showed positivity in, in a light of family can be happy together. 
and there's still a lot of people out there doing that, but there's a lot of people who are just making garbage and doing really well. Yeah, that's it. I mean, you can follow a certain playbook. You could look a certain way. You could post a certain thing and follow a certain playbook. And if you have a, a few you know, inalienable qualities going for it, if you're super handsome, if your family's really handsome, if you guys have a van, if you go camping a lot, if you f- do the right kind of selfies and, and post them at the right times, like that all works and becomes something uh, valuable to a lot of people. But it also is kind of stuck in its own. It's it's in its own way um, in terms of what it could be. Pay attention here because this is a hell of a good service. It's called the Wellness Company. Picture this, okay? You wake up, you got a scratchy throat, you're all congested, you got a runny nose, you got a cough, whatever, and you weigh your options. Like you tough it out, get sick, take time off work, try to get a doctor's appointment sometime in the next few months, wait two hours at urgent care and sit in a room full of six sick folks, or you. Open your medical emergency kit. You match your symptoms to the doctor-recommended prescription, and you start on the right meds right away. These medical emergency kits, not a first aid kit, all right? It comes with doctor-prescribed meds to treat over 39 medical issues. So, on hand, strong antibiotics for infections of all types. Plus, a doctor's easy guide so you know exactly what to take and when. No waiting to see the doctor. No waiting at the pharmacy. It's all in there. Every home should have at least one medical emergency kit. Order yours online in minutes. Your kit will be rushed to your door. Get 15% off at twc.health slash meat eater. But you got to use the promo code meat eater. That's promo code meat eater, okay, at twc.health slash meat eater. You ever get that feeling you're stuck inside staring at screens and a primal urge kicks in? You crave wide open spaces, fresh air, the chance to connect with the land? Well, maybe it's time to find your own piece of the wild, but searching for property can be a maze. That's where land.com comes in. They got millions of listings across the country, from mountain ranches to hidden fishing holes. Their search tools are like a seasoned guide helping you narrow down what you want. Land.com isn't just about buying and selling. It's about finding a place to hunt, fish, explore, or simply sit by a campfire and listen to the crickets. So head over to Land.com today to turn one day into today. Because trust me, there's nothing quite like the feeling of standing on your own piece of earth. There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. Well, yeah, it's just, you know, for me, my passion is, you know, we keep saying, I keep saying is like, hopefully we live by three, like we call them pillars at Hush, right? So after I initially started Hush because I wanted to show people my hunting adventures and I wanted to have fun hunting and, and being able to capture that and show it. And then once it became a business and Eric and I brought Eric and Brian on 
just started really thinking about like, why do we do this? Like, what is the purpose of it? You know, every business they say you should have a why. And so one night I just like was thinking about what was the most important thing to me, Eric and Brian. And we all agreed, like we, so we live by these three pillars. We, you know, we're hopefully inspiring people. We call it new hunter and fishing fishermen acquisitions, like getting people involved in the outdoors again. And if that can come from so many different places, you know, people that never hunted that have somehow stumbled across our content, started watching, got inspired, they wanted to do that. Or if it's somebody that hunted when they were young, gave up hunting for whatever reason, you know, their dad passed away, their uncle that used to take them, it's no longer there, gets, gets excited about it and gets out there again. I think that's important for, you know, the community or for the hunting industry is to get more people involved. And that also always starts with the kids, right? So it's new hunter fisherman acquisition. It's the first pillar. And then conservation and land access um, is the second pillar. And then just giving back if it's a locally to a, a group or to an individual that might need some help. Those are the three things that we always try to do. And because I say like, if we are doing those three things, like if we're, you know, hitting those three points, we'll always be successful because that's our why. That's why we are doing this, right? Right. And so, you know, the family vlog channel, I'm passionate about my family and my kids hanging out, but there was no why behind it. It was just a way to make some money, really. And it was to get me out of the steel mill and it allowed me to be with my family more. But then when Hush came along, like, then I was really, that that was like what I gravitated towards because I could see like how it could help so many other people because it's helped, you know, hunting and fishing has helped me so much in my life. I always say, you know, uh, we grew up as a pretty religious family and, and it would always be that thing like, well, you shouldn't be out hunting on, on Sunday, you should be at church. And I'd always be like, man, I feel closer to God in the mountains than I do when I'm at church. The old saying, you know, would you rather be at church thinking about the hunting or would you rather be in the mountains thinking about God? And that was kind of my my thing now. But you know, Hush has really been something that, like, we can really pour our passion into because we are so passionate about those three things. Yeah, I mean, you can, you know, when you're able to say, like, to have the control over your life to say, well, I'm passionate about this thing. I'm going to, like, put all my energy into that thing. And because it is my passion, there's a lot of people that don't get that opportunity, that don't get to say, I, I wish it for everyone. I wish what you just articulated there for everyone to say i am passionate about this i want to pursue it i'm going to build pillars around how i'm going to pursue it and how i'm going to act within it because that's important like i wish i wish everybody could have what you just said in regards of like how hard it is for how hard you guys work because i know you work your asses off and how many nights where you're just not sure if it's right or not if you're not sure why um you know there's hateful shit on the internet or all those things like what you have there is worth fighting for in a lot of ways. And, and everybody that's listening to this should think about how could I get to exactly what you just articulated? Yeah. I hope, I hope the same for so many, I hope the same for everybody. And I really do. And it's really changed my like train of thought. I, I was always the guy that grew up, you know, just knowing that I was going to hopefully get a good job and work hard at it. And, and uh, you know, you'd have to, you had to have a nine to five job and that's just how life was. And then really it was funny, like when my brother started doing it, uh, I hate to admit it, but like I was at the steel mill and I was doing well. It's a, ter- it's a, it's a great job. It's just really tough work with, you know, you're working 60 hours a week, you're rotating shifts. So one week you're four days in a row, you're working, you know, six in the morning till six at night. And then you have four days off. And then the next four days you come in, you're working six at night till six in the morning. So it's tough on your body. <clears throat> but um, that was just what I knew, that's what I grew up 
like believing in. And then my brother owned a granite business at the time when he started doing YouTube. And uh, he had a young family, had a wife and two kids at the time and started dabbling with YouTube. And he, when he started doing YouTube, he didn't even know you can make money. Out. So he just started uploading videos, fun videos that he, he liked to make. And, and then after like six or seven months, he got a check in the mail and uh, can't remember exactly how he explained it, but it was basically, you know, first check I got from YouTube was enough to pay like our water bill. And then the next check was enough to pay all of our utilities. And then the check after that, like, was to pay the car payment or whatever it was. So he just was like, oh, this is doing well. And then at one point, it it overtook his wage he was making from the, the granite business. And so he was like, well, screw it. I'm going to quit doing granite because I'm not passionate about that. I'm passionate about making funny videos with my kids. And me, I remember my mom was just like, Shay, you've got to have a job. You can't quit your job. You've built this business. You can't do that. Like, you can't. And then he was talking about moving to L.A. to start this uh, production company with his YouTube buddies. And I remember thinking, like, dude, Shay, like, bro, like, we're adults. We're dads. We have kids. Like, you got to be responsible. This isn't very responsible thinking, you know. I remember having this discussion with him. And uh, he's like, well, what if it doesn't work? Like, I can always come back and get another job. I can always start this thing again. Like, I'm going to give it a chance because I enjoy doing it. Anyway, so like through all this whole process, it's really showed me that like all those things we grew up with, like knowing that you you have to go to school. And I'm not saying going to college isn't important, but like you have to go to school and you have to get a good job and you have to just do these things because that's just how it is. That's just how your dad did it and how your grandpa did it. And that's just how it is. Well, nowadays, like I'm trying to tell my kids the opposite, like all these cliches in life, and this is what this comes from my brother Shay because he instilled these in me and he used to always talk about these, but like all the cliches in life or all the secrets in life are hidden behind cliches, right? Like same with YouTube. YouTube's no different than any other job. Like you have to work hard at it. You have to like give it your all. You can't ever give up. People start channels all the time. They're like, what, what's the secret? Like what? I'm like, don't give up. It's just like anything else in life. Like if you're going to be successful, you're going to have to work really hard and never give up. And you've heard those phrases all your life. They're true. They really are. And so now we're in a, a we're literally been, we're, I'm, you're in a robe <laughs> in your yeah. nursery. I'm I am, yep. In a shop. I call it an office, but it's more of a man cave. I just, that was a way that I could get, allow my, my wife would allow me to build this. It was an office, right? But we're sitting here, we're working. When everyone else is in a little bit of turmoil, you know, people have been sent home from jobs, like, we're working right now. Yeah. Yeah. And I, like I said, we would wish that for everybody. You know, I wish that for absolutely everyone that's listening to this, that they can find some way to get, maybe they don't want a YouTube channel, but maybe they want some, some other thing that gives them the freedom to choose, you know, their, their work, what it is and what, like what you just said is, is enlightening to me from just a structure standpoint. Like what, you, how do you structure your life? Well, you, you just, you live by the same principles of hard work and dedication you just don't you're not a cog in the wheel you are the wheel you know you 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 decide when it goes forward you know you decide when how and how fast it can go um you know i've had tough times with this podcast where i thought i stuck my foot in my mouth or just went through like a month where i just didn't feel like i had any entertaining shows and maybe there wasn't anything left to talk about or maybe um, maybe I wasn't up to the task of, of being engaging and finding ways to communicate. I've had that. And then I just busted through those and I'm just going to keep busting through them because they'll come again. Um, and I think this quarantine cast was just another one of 
was another one of those things where I was like, man, what am I going to do? I better start. I better just do something and uh, keep doing it until they tell me to stop. And so uh, that's what you guys are doing. That's what you're doing. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we're just right now, man, I wish we could be out. This is a big reason as well. Like sometimes you get in those, like, those funks, I call them, you know, where you're not sure if, even though you're, we're doing those three things, we talk about those three pillars, maybe this content we're putting out is not like inspiring or motivational or, or anything, but you know, we just uploaded uh, four of the steelhead videos we just filmed a couple weeks ago. And, you know, just like what I've taken away is people are just like, Hey, thanks for the content right now. Like we really needed this, like just to sit down as a family and watch you guys out fishing. Like, the world's in a crazy place, but like, thank you guys for putting out this content. And when you get messages like that, then like you said, like sometimes you get in a rut or a funk, but usually it only takes a couple comments and you're like, yes, what, what we're doing is good. It's inspiring people. Like, let's just keep doing it. So I, I wish there was a way we could just be out creating all the content in the world for people to hopefully take their minds off what's going on and just, you know, um, you know, spending time with their family in front of the TV watching hopefully meaningful content to them. Um, it's kind of what it's all about, right? Yeah. Now, if I know you guys, you'll get in the lab and you'll use this time to like plan the most kick-ass fall that ever existed and come up with new ideas and push that stuff and figure out ways to, you know, to, to move the needle to, because that's all there is at this point. It's like, like I said earlier, I mean, we have this great void of unknown right now and you could fill it with whatever you want you could fill it with positivity and hard work or depression and and a bag of chips on the couch which i do like chips no no offense to chips out there yeah like a nice kettle chip but yeah i mean that's you can just choose just you choose whatever you want no i agree 100 percent. i agree you can either you know there's definitely two different ways you can approach this we're all in a world of doom and this thing's going to be terrible and it's going to take out, you know, X amount of people and the economy is going to be suffering, which all that stuff might be true, but you can either think in a negative way or a positive way. And I've always found that uh, I do better when I try to think in a positive way because we can't control any of this. That's what I keep telling my boys when they want to go out and play. I'm just like, I'm sorry guys, but like, and they get a little upset and they don't understand. I'm like, guys, this is out of our control. This is out of mom and dad's hands. Like, this is out of everyone's control. We're just doing what we're doing to hopefully make it better. So you can either be positive about the outcome or you can be negative, but why be negative when positive costs the same amount? Yeah, man. Um, yeah. I mean, there's a ton of, a ton of things. Did you, like, as you talk to your kids, did you think through this, like, let's say, cause I've been thinking about this, you know, a lot let's say this goes on for two more months let's say it's you know now it's getting into june it's summertime and we've been in this situation for three months it's kind of become the new normal um what's the message then have you thought about that i man i i've thought a lot about that and i don't know how i'm gonna approach that because it's been seven eight days and everyone's going a little stir crazy and cabin fever but like we keep saying we're trying to do what's right and what we've been told is right yeah, you get in the months of June and, you know, going back. So our, the, the way the school system is set up right now is um, this, this right this week is, was their designated spring break. So they were going to have this week off. So they had last week off and then this is their spring break. And then I guess the board is going to meet again, I believe on like April 2nd or 3rd to see what's going to happen. But what I've been hearing is it's possible. It's very possible that school year is just going to be over. Right. 
So uh, they'll just either do online courses after the th this third, or they'll just call it, or they'll go back one of the three ways. But yeah, so if this happens for another two months, and then we get into summertime, and the kids are supposed to be out playing with their friends and doing these things, like how do you how do you approach that? How do you deal with your kids <laughs> being in the house for three or four months? Yeah, I don't know. Have them watch David Goggins swing a tree around in his backyard. <laughs> hey, that's what we should do is we swing more trees around more trees around yeah i don't know I, i've I've gone through a lot of scenarios in my head and like i said like there we were talking earlier in a meeting with with a bunch of our crew over here at meat eater and i was just like i don't know i don't know what the future holds but i certainly do know that like there's certain things that are just going to be true and and one of them is that we we will be able to go hunt like they're not i i would there's almost zero percent chance that's shut down completely. It'll be maybe restricted and a little bit different for us. We certainly can go and do that, um, and it'll be encouraged in our society to go outside with your family and do whatever it is you do outside. So I know that will probably be um, intact. And then at the same time, like what you know, stories we can read stories, tell stories, watch stories. Like stories will be things we we did and then we can go create more stories for other people to be entertained by so that's what that's what i'm gonna do um but boy i don't know what two months from now is gonna look like i hope i hope we're back to it and you guys are thinking about like what's the fall gonna be and what tags that we draw and what exactly is you know what's this how long is this road trip gonna be who's gonna come on this you know did you guys had i mean your fall last year was was great yeah it was i mean we hunted like I said, we had 85 days in a row of just hunting content, you know, between the three of us. So we weren't all three together on all those hunts, but between the three of us, we, yeah, we hunted probably six, seven different states, you know, three or four different species and, uh, I had an amazing time, but you know, like, like I said, you, we can't control this. And so whatever we're, we have the option, the opportunity to do this fall is what we're going to probably do. And, and, uh, you know, things might be a little different, but you know, out of our hands and we just got to be able to control what we can control and so yep. well, good, who knows? Man. I, I i wake up every morning thinking either a that it's going to be like okay this is like it's going away slowly we're good or you know i just read this morning when i woke up on twitter or something that this week is going to be even crazier than last week which is hard to fathom um, but I wake up and going, okay, what's going to happen? It's either going to be a, like things are looking better or B things are looking even worse. And so, yeah, yep, yeah. Like I said, there's nothing, nothing to do, but wake up and watch some of that stuff. Um, so to we got to end this on a positive note case. We gotta, we gotta bring it, we gotta bring it up for people. Um, so what I want to go, there's a couple of things. I've been watching this documentary on Netflix called Tiger King. Have you oh, seen anything no. about this? What's what's her phrase? Hello, cool kittens and cats. Oh, hello, cool kittens and cats. Oh my, I, oh my God, man! I binge watched it late last night. I'm not through it. I'm in like uh, I'm on episode four, and it is the weirdest, most bizarre thing I can think of. That I think I, I think I blacked out. I wasn't drinking or doing any drugs. I think I just blacked out from just my brain was like shut it down. It's too much. <laughs> it's too much input here. Tiger King is going too hard at oh, your brain, Carol. So I don't. So here's what we're gonna do, and I, maybe you can come back for this too on Friday. Fri uh, Friday, we're gonna do a full podcast devoted to Tiger King. 
Oh, please uh, let me be a part of that. I want. I might have to like just bring people in by the dozens for this because it's everybody that watches it just wants to talk about it. And have I have you seen the whole thing? I I've watched all but the last episode. Um, oh my goodness! But I stuff keeps happening. I feel like I want to watch it all again to pick up all the little details that are going on. And there's only uh, there's one season, right? Or is there more? No, there's just one season. Okay. And yeah, so, I think I have like two and a half more episodes to watch. Do you want to g- try to give people describe to people what this is uh, we're talking about? It's a documentary about honestly, it's about you know the phrase "crazy cat lady" times ten. So it tells the story of three different big cat owners, and two of them are big cat owners because they love cats, but they're also trying to make money off of it. This is my take on the whole thing. Uh, they're trying to monetize big cats to make some money. And then there's this other lady that is, that's exactly what she's trying to do as well, but she comes across as trying to save the cats. And then there's murder involved, and then there's like cult situations going on, and there's, there's polygamy. Some, of, some there's, of the best music, homosexual oh my, polygamy. I was going to ask you that. Is there anywhere to find his uh, music videos? Yes, I will be. I've found all of them. I've actually phoned. I've I've got a hold of. I, I won't even go much further, but I, I've been doing a lot of digging, a lot of journalistic investigation. I'm I'm trying to find this guy who's who's by the name of Joe Exotic. Uh, I know where he is. He's in a prison. <laughs> so I'm going to... You found him. I, I I think I can get... I'm not going to promise anything, but I know how... If I were to get him, I know I know how it would happen. And so that's oh as far as I've got. But this is a guy, Joe Exotic, who's kind of like if Liberace uh, met... I, I can't even... Dog the Bounty Hunter and... Uh, I can't. I, it's, my brain wants oh, to shut off when I think. About I think him. he explained himself very well. When, I can't remember how it went, but he said, "I'm a gay, gun-toting redneck with a mullet." <laughs> yep, pretty much. Yeah, if Dog the Bounty Hunter, Liberace, and uh, Jack London had a baby, oh my gosh, <laughs> I just don't know. I mean, he his personality. The other personality. There's a, a big cat rescue. Is is a as a cat rescue operation run by this lady named Carol. She's an amazing character. There's murder involved. There's murder for hire involved. There is uh, accidental death involved. There is meth. There is, it is, it is a cacophony of oh just, my goodness. Uh, it just attacks your mind. Like you can't, you can't imagine that this would happen. And then the next thing happens and you can't imagine that either. Um, it is just Tiger King is unbelievable. I'll have to find the exact... Highly recommended. If you, if you Google Tiger King, you can get it, but... Um, you know how I was saying earlier in the podcast, like, nothing, like at this point, nothing can really surprise me? That might be the first thing that has surprised me in the yeah. last seven to eight days. It's called Tiger King, yeah. It's called Tiger King Murder and Mayhem. Uh, For, ho- holy crap. Do you think it's possible to use Joe's song, Here Kitty Kitty, um, as the outro music to this podcast? I think it's possible, and in fact, it's going to happen now. That <laughs> I have to see that full-length it, it, video. It is just, it, yeah. I, I can't, it's hard to describe, so hopefully if you haven't watched it, I mentioned this on social media last night, and my my, my Instagram DMs blew up. Like, I have hundreds of people like, what? Are a lot yeah. of people watching it? A lot of people are watching it. It's the perfect thing for this time. Yes. It is, it is built for quarantine time. 
Uh, so it's the perfect, all the things we were just talking about, kind of reflecting on our own lives and careers and our own states of mind in this, in this time. This is the perfect anecdote to all of that stuff. You'll just, you won't know what to do. And if you, if you watch it and don't feel better about your own life, uh, <laughs> I don't know what to do with you. I'm sorry. It's that, yeah, it's that out of control. So we're going to Friday... Uh, this Tuesday, so Friday, we're going to have a full podcast, and it's going to be a happy hour podcast where we are drinking uh, and we are talking about uh, the, we're just going to do the whole thing for hours. Who knows how long it's going to last? Probably hours. It's, it will last for hours. So if you're listening to this and you're not, if you don't have Netflix, first go sign up for it, uh, and then you go watch uh, all the seasons of Meat Eater, and then, <laughs> and then when you're done... Watch Tiger King, or if you promise that you'll watch Meat Eater, I'll, I'll allow you to watch Tiger King first, and then go yeah. Meat Eater. But it, it, it's it's just it'll change everything you think about the about the world, especially about cats um, and their ownership in in this great country. Oh, I'm gonna save it because I have so much to talk about with this. I know. So hopefully we get you back for that. There's gonna be I, I've messaged a few people. I said just people I think that are perfectly suited to to join this conversation. I said just bring some, bring your own, bring your own booze, and we're gonna do a happy hour, yeah. and we're just gonna we're just gonna let it all out, I'm gonna let it all hang, let so, it all hang. So that'll be a quarantine cast for you coming up on Friday, on Friday. So yeah, stay, I look forward to that. stick and stay for that one. But that's if you're looking for an anecdote to all the all the things like I just said that we've been talking about today. The best thing to do is to Google Tiger King, watch the trailer, and then go. You got about it's I think it's seven, six or seven episodes of forty five minutes each. Um, so yeah, man, here we are. This is what you need to do. Spend that time. You have three days from now to go and watch all those episodes before we just let it all out on Friday. Yeah, and if you're at home quarantined, like. It's one of those documentaries. There's been a few that I've come across that I had to like. I couldn't stop watching. Yeah, yeah. You'll the last one, the last episodes. one, the last one with that that was this good was Firefest. The Firefest oh, yeah. documentaries. This one kind of has that flavor. So normally here at THC, we talk about books. We have we're we're gonna launch a book club soon. Every, pretty much every guest has a book here nowadays. But in the days of the quarantine cast, it's Netflix, baby, and I'm I'm very proud of it. I agree. So. All right, man. Um, well, be well. I guess I'd say stay safe, but you're going to be fine where you are. And um, whenever we break out of this, we should plan some stuff for this fall. I agree. I think just one last little thing for me, I think an important thing for everybody at this point is, and we kind of talked about this the other night when we were texting back and forth, is don't use this situation as a time to be upset or depressed about whatever is out of your hands, but just enjoy the things that you have. And that's what I've kind of noticed is just like, I have a beautiful family. I have four beautiful, healthy kids and I have a very sporting wife and I have the ability to stay home and just enjoy their company for however much more time we're going to be quarantined. And I would suggest that for everyone. Yeah, no, we were texting about, you know, texting about this and I, you know, we were both saying the exact same thing, you know, I'm hanging with my kids, I'm cooking, I'm feeling lucky. I feel lucky um, to be where I am. And I understand there's so many people out there that don't feel lucky, that feel um, stepped on and feel lost because of this. And uh, 
you know, I feel, I, you know, part of me feels that, but, you know, I got to look around and, and know that I'm lucky and hopefully I can impart some of that to other people at this time. So I appreciate it, man. I appreciate you coming on and kind of talking through some of the, you know, telling your own story. Cause I've always thought since I've known you that your story from steel mill to doing what you're doing today is, is just miraculous. And, and you've always put yourself out there as like a good dude, like one of like when I remember when we first when we were hunting together for the first time, I'm like, this is my people right here. This is a like if I was gonna pick a crew, I would pick with this guy. Um, well, I appreciate that, Ben. I feel the same towards you. It's always just been you know since day one of of hunting and was it Colorado? It was just like you felt like my buddy. Yeah, just buddies, man. And so there's certain you know, but and your story beyond that is is something that as as you guys always have said and have you said like you just normal guys that are passionate about hunting and um look what you did so uh thank you yeah proud of you for doing that and thanks for coming on and letting people know about it well i appreciate you having me on ben it was fun all right brother see ya hey, man let's talk soon bye that's it that is all. I'm still in my robe, and it is 4.11 p.m., Philip. Okay, I just want to ask you um, if you've cracked open a beverage yet. I have not, but I am sweating in my under regions. My lower okay. regions are sweating. I, I would just like to ask that if you do, I mean, I'm sure you will, uh, but if you do decide to um, do a little drinking tonight, that you keep the robe on. Oh, yeah. No, I'm, I mean, it's like I said, it's 4.11. I've had it on since I woke up. I'm not. I can't go put regular clothes on now. Uh, there's no way. So I might just go sit in the backyard, drink white claw on my robe. <laughs> I mean, that sounds incredible. It really. I mean, I don't. I don't want to say that everybody should wear a robe, but if you're not wearing a robe, uh, I we're not friends anymore. I'm now a robe guy. <laughs> I'm gonna have to get different carpet. I'll probably have to trade my truck in for some sort of like uh, wagon of some sort. Um. Mm-hmm station wagon i gotta change a lot of things but i'm gonna stick with this robe it's uh comfortable like a bear out of hibernation <laughs> that's that yeah that sounds that sounds great are we gonna get some thc branded robes oh shit that's a great idea uh okay. i don't know if the business people at meat eater would go for it but it's certainly worth pitching so please write in to thc com and then tell us how much you'd want a robe if we came out with them because i probably would they would probably have like gold lettering, as Casey Butler was saying. He has a robe with like gold and uh, stitched lettering. We'd probably have to do that. Um, mm-hmm. At the very least, I'm going to get you one, Phil. Oh, that'd be that'd be fantastic. Thank you. I'll drink yeah. a white claw in the backyard. I mean, it's so it's so hot in my nursery studio that I had to open the window. And it's just the heat in here from so much podcasting and in a in a hot robe. Um, Mm-hmm. So just anyway, legs legs spread as wide as they can. I mean, just, just like, airing it out, airing uh-huh. it out. That's how that's how it's, we're no, number seven. Uh, the quarantine cast. It's only going to go downhill or uphill from here, depending on how you look at it. So just hang on with us. You need, you're going to stay with us, Phil. Please, please stay with me. I'm lonely. I, yep, I I will. The only thing keeping us apart is this this microphone in in, in front of me and yeah. a solid internet connection. That's right. All right. Well, we'll be back tomorrow. Um, and Phil, we're going to start something tomorrow that we said we we're going to do before. Can you explain uh, in the Marvel, what is it, the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Look at that. You did it. 
Did I do it? All right. Yep. Um, they had a thing that they did that was called post credit scenes. Was it, yeah, post post credit sequences, post credit scenes. Yes, and yeah, they were like where they would tease future movies. They were like, like breadcrumbs kind uh-huh, of things. That's right. So look for those. We're gonna start putting those into THC because I think it's uh, funny and it's just an extra two minutes of talking for for all you guys out there. Yeah. Um, so Phil, I'm I'm leaving it up to you to craft the post credit sequences for THC. Okay. All right. Sounds sounds great. Okay, bye, buddy. Bye. The Hunting Collective with Ben O'Brien is a part of the Meat Eater Podcast Network. It is produced by Corinne Schneider and engineered by Phil Taylor. You can find it on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TheMeatEater.com, or anywhere podcasts are downloadable. Wherever you listen, leave a five-star review and subscribe. Cool, man. What should our first post-credit sequence be? Uh, I don't know. What are you having for dinner tonight? I'm not sure. But do you think that maybe the first post-credit sequence could be this one where we're talking about what the post-credit sequence could be in the future? Kind of like Inception? Uh, you were reading my mind. Wow. But yes, this is our first post-credit sequence where we're talking about what they will be in the future. And, and that's yeah. really it. You ever get that feeling the walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating you? You crave some wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe in a spot all your own will head over to land.com they've got ranches forests mountains streams you name it search by acreage you can search by location you can search by the kind of hunting and fishing you're dreaming of land.com it is where the adventure begins hey we're going to take a little break here and talk about interstate batteries now if you're like me Enjoying the great outdoors, you need gear that is as reliable as it gets. That's why I power my adventures with interstate batteries. I use interstate batteries in my boats. I use interstate batteries in my camper. Great for your truck, too. From Alaska to Montana, they're outrageously dependable. Battery is essential. With over 150,000 dealer locations, finding one is easy. For all your vehicles, land or sea, choose interstate. Head to interstatebatteries.com and find your power today.